see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They've been the all day, but so it's fun. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of the library, where it always starts. The stacks are much more than either of them thoughts. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Hey. Hi, you ready? I know I'm a little bit late. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I was starting to think you were coming. Whatever. I mean, I told you I'd help, I'd be able to record early. This is still early. Yeah, that's true. So, I think it's your week, so you can go ahead and start. Welcome to another stunning episode of In the Stacks with Barry. Latoya. <laughs> Stunning. Well, I certainly hope so. That, yeah. that sets the bar, the bar kind of high there. That's true. I looked through the crap that you had in the uh, program guide. Well, see, fortunately, um, what I did last week was most of that thing. I stuff I think I filled out last week because oh, yeah. I knew that you know certain things were going to happen and that kind of thing. So, so thanks for calling my stuff crap, but okay. Well, let's start. I mean, you went with your folks to New Orleans. Are you a New Orleans person or a uh, Nolans or a New Orleans? How do you pronounce it? New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans or New Orleans. Well, so you just, yeah. you just you yeah. said it two different ways. Yeah. So I mean, I think it just kind of <laughs> depends. Um, yeah, I use both. I think I do actually use both. That's like you know sometimes I'll say Caribbean and or Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know. And sometimes I'll say data, and sometimes I say data. Yeah, I do. I do flip around how I. I think it's it's all a matter of context too. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, right, so you went to Nolans. I went there. Um, yes. <laughs> Did you go down Bourbon Street? I don't remember. Probably. Oh, that was not. one of those kind of trips to New Orleans. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Did you go no, so, I don't remember. I don't recall. Yeah. That probably means yep. you didn't. That means you did. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so we. I went, so my mom was there because she had um, a business trip to go to. So she had left from last week, Thursday, and then my dad and I joined her on Saturday. So we got in on Saturday night, and then Sunday, it rained the entire day. So it really kind of limited what we were going to be able to do, which was fine. But we, um, the one thing I did do, I guess, in New Orleans is that we went to Cafe du Monde. And that was cool. I mean, I know it's kind of a part of the experience of New Orleans. So my, my mom wanted to make sure I at least got to do that. And mm. we were in Uber a couple of times. So, I mean, I got to see the architecture, that kind of stuff. And I mean, I thought it was okay. I felt like it was, the city was sad. I don't know if it was because of just the weather or it just, something felt off to me when I first got out of the airport, which there's a brand new airport that they just opened in, I think October or November. So I Mm -hmm. of course have no idea what the old one looked like. When I left the building itself, there was like this gutter smell 
to like the air <laughs> smelt like you know like unclean water or something which yeah. i also noticed went in the shower of the apartment um not the apartment but one the the hotel we stayed in so i'm like i guess it's just the way the water smells there i don't i don't know but i mean it was nice that i got to go somewhere i'd never been before yeah. um so i can at least say that i've been there now i think the most eventful things that uh, happened included my wanting to eat at an italian restaurant while we were in new orleans <laughs> so i didn't have any actual new orleans food per se because i'm not really a gumbo spicy type of person so yeah. i was just in the mood for pasta and that's just how it was because i could probably eat pasta every day uh, so we did well, that yeah. and i we stayed at two different hotels which i always hate i tell my this is my snob moment i don't like hotel hopping and yeah, so well the way it worked out is that the event was at a non-marriott hotel and since mm -hmm. my mom is a part of the quarter century club for marriott even though she no longer works there she still gets this specific perk that she can stay at uh various hotels for free so you know of course she was gonna pick the free night <laughs> um right. at the second hotel we went to so that was fun however Sunday, my mother started to get sick. And, you know, I'm like, you know, you know how I am in general about people and germs and all of that. No. Yeah. Right. And this is I this is this is no different for my family. I if if someone's coming down with something, I'm I'm very vocal about it. And so I also don't like mass transit. So the fact that I had to get on a plane to go to New Orleans and then my mom then gets sick and i'm in the same room as her that was not fun but um come to find out she actually did in fact get a she has the flu <laughs> so wow. um not the the flu that's going around right now that's you right, know right, but right. um not, what is that the coronavirus but no she mm -hmm. had the full-on flu and so i've been trying to be good about not setting the 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 conditions where that will impact me you know so i'm trying to um stay hydrated fed and sleep better but the most most uh, interesting thing to happen was coming back from new orleans on the plane so i used to uh, i i'm still a sky miles member because i think you are for life anyway but i used to also have a delta credit card or you know delta amex well you know i'm doing that whole debt you know payment plan and stuff so of course all my cards got um turned or you know closed well mom and dad still have their delta credit card and stuff so they got to board in the first you know like the first round well mm. because i'm no longer a card holder i get to board last in basic so they get on the plane all that fun stuff and we weren't sitting together just because of how it worked out so I get on the plane, I, I, well, before getting on the plane, someone, I, I got toward the gate just so that there wasn't this mass people trying to get in line at that point. So I got in right when they were about to call. Well, there was a person who was sitting on the ground that was quasi in line. So when they called our zone, I was like, you know, you go ahead, you can go in front of me. You've already, you know, you were 
legitimately in front of me and she's like oh that's really sweet so I get on the plane you know pat myself on the back like oh that was my good deed of the day I was so sweet right get to my seat and I the there's a couple sitting in two of the three seats obviously and then they were like um are you allergic to dogs and <laughs> you know um, I'm like yes I am so then one of the flight attendants has to ask <laughs> the people in the plane who would be willing to switch with me because I had a window seat. What window seat person was willing to switch that didn't mind being by a dog? Mm-hmm. So uh, someone ultimately decided she was going to, you know, she's like, okay, you can have my, my seat. So it was only two seats back from where I was going to be sitting. Anyway, I didn't care. So I was like, cool. So she takes the seat. And at this point, I don't even notice the size of the dog. I just knew when I got to the seat, they were like, do you, you know, the dog was there apparently, but because the dog was black, I think when I just glanced down, I didn't really, it didn't click. So I get why, back. Why did you have to mention the color of the dog? Because it blended in with the, with the, um, the carpet <laughs> in terms of it being a dark color, whatever. Don't even make it something that's not. So I, I, she gives up her seat. I go and I sit. So when I get to the where she was, there was no one else sitting there quite yet. So I got to just, you know, get myself situated by the window. So shortly thereafter, uh, an Asian couple come and sit down beside me. They don't really say anything. They just sit down and they're doing their own thing. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Before the plane, <laughs> before the plane takes off, the flight attendant came back and actually got the girl who switched with me and put her in first class. And I was like, and I mean, I didn't mind actually, because I'm like, she was doing me a solid, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while I was sitting there, I was thinking, is it wrong of me to feel annoyed by the fact that I was displaced, the person who bought a ticket and did not have a pet? Ooh, I'm getting all upset, knocking stuff over versus the people who brought a dog on the plane and yet i have to be you know i have to move was it like was it like a you know an animal for like what do you call those um oh uh or animal or something support i don't know maybe it didn't look that way to be honest um but so i mean that festered a little bit when i was thinking about it i'm like why the hell should i be the one that's displaced when I didn't bring a freaking pet on the plane. So, so yeah, the, the person who, who um, gave up her seat got first class. I was actually genuinely happy for her because I was like, you know, you know, that's cool. She did help me out. Well, the Asian couple ultimately ends up sitting beside me. And again, you know, I just don't like people in general. So it's not specific to any race or culture or whatever. I just don't like people. So as we were in the air and they're, they're, um, about to do you know the food service they decide that th- at that point is when they would make the meal that they were going to have right there so the the husband I assume it's the husband took out bread was buttering in it buttering it putting meat on it and I'm like you know like it annoys the hell out of me when people bring like outside food to places and to me bringing <laughs> your own food onto the plane is like bringing outside food in Right. So they start making their meal, uh-huh. and the the cart comes. But ironically, our row is the last 
um, row before another section starts. So yeah. the, that um, attendant started serving the row behind us. We had to wait for the ones ahead of us. The flight is only an hour long. So by the time they get to us, they, the, pers- the, um, the captain comes on to say, oh, we're starting to, <laughs> we're about to yeah. approach. Like we're going to be landing in like 10, 15 minutes. Right. So they, so the person gets to us. We, the Asian couple act as if I don't even exist. They start talking to the flight attendant, decide that in addition to their meal that they have prepared for themselves, they want to have coffee. They have to be very specific about how many creams and sugar. I'm sitting here like, what the fuck? You know? So I end up getting what I want, you know? Um, And of course then have to rush to eat it because by the time they've served us, they've started back at the top to start to collect everything. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm like, again, this is why I don't do mass transit. And more specifically, this is why I don't do economy. But once we start to, when the plane lands and all that stuff, so they have their meal, yay. When the plane lands (laughs) and I look forward to where I was supposed to be sitting and the couple that, you know, ultimately was there, Right. The dog is about the size of like a six or a seven year old. It stood up and I was like, holy shit. (laughs) I was like, how did they expect anybody to actually sit there with a dog of that size also in there sardined into, you know, the three seats? I'm like, that dog could not actually like the dog needed a seat it was the size the dog right. the dog size was such that they should have bought the dog a damn seat and i'm sorry so, for offending people who are her pet our pet lovers and all that fun stuff but <laughs> yeah they did not have to buy the dog a seat and i guess maybe it was a support animal because you know i assume if you're going to bring one otherwise of that right. size they would make you pay for a seat but yeah, yeah the dog stood up and i was like holy hell so, so no wonder so, they were kind enough to come get that girl and move her to first class in the end, because there's really no one could sit there in that row besides them and the dog. So I didn't hear you say anything about the dog disturbing people during the flight. So the no, dog was quiet. Yeah, the dog was quiet the whole time. Like after I didn't even remember that there was a dog until I got up um, because yeah, I'd forgotten. And yeah, the dog was quiet, but it was massive. And so I'm like, I get, I understand the need for service animals and all that kind of stuff. But the frustration is once they're at a certain size, it is unrealistic and unfair. I think that there's, you know, a line when it comes to reasonable accommodation. Mm -hmm. Once the pet is that large, you need to buy a seat or the airline needs to give you that seat for free or something. Because if it wasn't for the fact that someone was willing to switch with me, I would have mm-hmm. just been, I would have been screwed. And I'm like, see, air travel in general is for people, not the pets. And yeah, so that, that trip back was, <laughs> was eventful. So that is what I will always remember about my trip to New Orleans, minus the thing that we'll talk about later having happened during that time. So yes. 
And I was wow. on Delta, so, so the seat was, you know, it was okay. But again, the snob part of me is like, I'm never doing economy again. I'm either going to do a comfort plus or a first class. And just in general, it's best that I don't fly because that's just extra germs being circulated through there. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, you I'm got, keeping it real. I'm keeping it 100. And you spend like, you know, two minutes telling me about the trip to New Orleans. And then... Ten <laughs> about a dog about on the plane. I was in. You must have mentioned that Asian couple was Asian like six times. Crap. Yeah. Um. Well, oh, here's the the other piece to it. So I tell my husband once we land, I give him a call because he was going to pick me up once we got to my parents' house. So I tell him kind of the synopsis of what was happening, and you know, I I don't know why I needed to say that the couple was Asian. But he then said, well, I certainly hope they don't have the coronavirus. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he, he was like, seriously, Latoya? I'm like, dude, I live under a rock. I deliberately don't pay attention to the news. So, so that's at that, that point, he tells me, yeah, so there was the added risk of possibly if these people were from like China or something, you know, you might be getting the coronavirus. I was like, okay, well, I guess I do kind of need to pay attention to the news every now and then. So, so, so then you could have distrusted them because of their... Right, just because of... <laughs> <laughs> Darn, you missed out on that opportunity. Yes, yes, I did. But, and, you know, I'm like, if I get it somehow, it's going to be either their fault or, like, my mom's or something. <laughs> no, no, I can see it now. You'll be on the show. You're quarantined because of the coronavirus. And you'll be bitching, but it's all that damn dog's fault. Because <laughs> that's how it set it all in motion. Yes, yes. It was the dog who said, yeah, true. That's, that's exactly what happened. So. Wow. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Well, you know, we might as well stay on the, the topic of things that suck. I've already filed my taxes and submitted them. Seriously? You had all of your yes. paperwork already? Well, these days I have a lot less paperwork than I used to have. That, well, uh, that is so So all I need is uh, my W-9 uh, for my second job and my W-2 for my primary job. And that's pretty much it. Because you don't have any, like, <laughs> yeah, the house payment stuff. Nothing. Yeah, no, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so... Um, I had neglected, uh, you know, there was a time in my life when I had an assistant who would have done these kind of things. Really? I had neglected, <laughs> um, you know, since since uh, moving out on my own to change my W4 uh, and G4. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I was still, you know, taking like three exemptions. I was, it was still listed on there that I was married, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. Right. I ended up owing about $4,000, right? <laughs> Holy crap, yes. So I would have hadn't paid it. A higher tax bracket, right, when, you, when you're single. Yes. So I went ahead and paid it. And, um, and then uh, yesterday I went ahead and changed my W-4 and G-4. So now I have, like, no exemptions. And uh, so my paycheck will be lessened. But uh, hopefully next year I will. Shoot. Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's awesome you could pay it. Because I'm in the situation where. Well. So <laughs> Well, well in order to pay it, <laughs> in order to pay it, you know, uh, the federal was the bigger one, right? Okay, so did you have to like spell self sperm or bl give blood? Well, I, I put that on a credit card. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and I was gonna put the state on a credit card too, but the state of Georgia will not let you do that unless you go through the state of Georgia's website. Oh, okay. 
Okay. So if you file with um, any kind of online tax, so like TurboTax and stuff, it's yep. gonna okay. You have to pay by check or by automatic debit from your checking account. I do think it's funny. I think it's their their weird way of saying that you know you really should not be putting this kind of stuff on credit. And I'm like, I really don't need for you to tell me this. It's either you're gonna get your money or you're not. So don't tell me how to pay you. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. take I mean, the damn card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from, to me, it's like, you know, they, they should just want their money. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I paid the state, which was like $1,000. I paid that out of my checking account. Whew. And I paid the rest. Uh, out, well, I didn't pay it. I charged it. Uh, <laughs> well, you did pay it because you're going <clears> to <throat> pay it back. So That's right. So, but no, hopefully next year I'll actually get money back. I was worried because, you know, my second job, they don't take any taxes out at all. Right. Right. And so I ended up having like $7,000 um, from them, you know, with no taxes taken out. But if, if I had um, had my W-4 and G-4 correct, then I still would have gotten money back. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, just so in I, I general. Had to go in, I had to go in and, and do a lot of deductions, though, um, because <laughs> for that second job, they were like, you know, where do you do your work? And I said, well, I do it at home. Mm -hmm. They said, do you have home office? Well, I have a room that I do the work in. That you could, yes. Right. They said, did I buy anything for the job? Well, I bought this new laptop. Mm-hmm. Right? Did, did you buy any peripherals for it? Well, I bought a mouse. Yep. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I was nickel and diamond it. They said, you know, is there, did, is there anything that you, any utilities that go specifically for the job? Mm -hmm. right? I said, well, you know, I have to be online to do the job. <laughs> so you claimed your... So I claimed my, internet, my, yeah. my internet bill, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so. Well, man, that's, yeah, usually people will fudge on that anyway, even if, yeah. you know. But so did you get to claim in terms of, um, did it ask for the square footage of the space? It did, it did. Okay. It said I could estimate it. Right, right. I'm like just looking, uh, I don't know, <laughs> for the number, right? And they're like, how many square foot is the whole house? I'm like, uh... Okay, I don't know. I just made yeah, because they do a percentage yeah. of yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, like for me, the whole tax thing. I actually part of the reason why I didn't come on right at the time that I said we could maybe start recording was simply because I've been putting off completing the 1099 for my mom who you know has been working with me so she started working with me in like the latter part of 2018, but because I did not pay her more than $600 in that time, I didn't like, I didn't have to give her a, a 1099. So of course I knew for this next, for this tax year, 2019, I was going to have to, and I've been putting it off and I'm like, I can't, you know, like tomorrow literally is the deadline for me to do it. So I was trying to do it before getting on the call until I realized that there was a discrepancy Mm -hmm. um, I, I stupidly use two different systems that I keep up with for um, all my business stuff. So I'll use QuickBooks Self-Employed. And then I also use um, YNAB, You Need a Budget. And so I reconcile between the two, even though really I should only have to do one. But anyway, since I see the discrepancy, I'm going to have to actually dig into some statements just to be completely sure. Yeah. before sending it to her but I do need to send it um this year as with all the year most of the years prior since being self-employed I did not pay into taxes so I'm already paying on a tax debt 
And what has been happening each year is that they just kind of roll it. So um, I am not in any huge hurry to file my taxes because I already know that I'm going to owe for this past year since I didn't pay in. And in this particular case, because the one year where Kay wasn't working at all, we ended up not owing, which was good. But since he started working the mid part or just, I think, in May of last year, and he's had a full-time job since then, I'm screwed because <laughs> I should have been paying my taxes. So this year, I am being better. I know this is just January, but I've already set aside the money I would pay in, and I'm actually going to... Um, I don't believe there's a penalty for prepaying. So instead of paying for it quarterly, I just need to do it monthly. Because if I put the money in the savings account, I'm going to find a way to spend it. So, so yeah, fun times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, taxes suck. They do. But, I mean, it's awesome you got to follow yours so quick. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I already knew I was going to owe something. So I'm like, hell, just go and do it, you know. Um, and, you know, I thought about doing that thing where you pay like every month or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're able to, cause I mean, I know, um, you know, most people are definitely uh, debt um, adverse or averse, whatever. Um, so it's good that you went ahead and just took care of it. And that by you putting it on the credit card, it's not like you have this huge mound of credit card debt. So right. you'll at least be able to knock that out sooner rather than later but i was going to say that with the job that gives you the 1099 mm -hmm. um a suggestion is that you can prepay your taxes and so if you like if you were to withhold like or you know pay a third of it or even less than a, a third you could at least be paying ahead or put it in savings so that that way you know that that's to kind of cover that so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I know. I should have been saving money, setting money aside this year, too. But, you know, most months is like I needed, I felt like I needed all the money. Right, right. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's how I feel in general. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I pay my taxes on an installment plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, on better news, I, um, I actually finished the, the novel that I've been working on for what it feels like 10, 11 years. But um, I don't think it's been that long. Because I think maybe it was six months, maybe. Okay. But uh, yeah, normally I, I do a novel in about three months. But uh, this one, uh, even though it's a short novel uh, for me, uh, it, it took forever. But I, it's done. It's done. So now I'm on my two or three day uh, you know, vacation from writing. Uh, <laughs> take a couple okay. days off. You know, before Breathe. I Just kind of put that one behind you and then move on. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, then uh, also next week, Gatsby season begins. Yeah, when I saw you added this and I saw you'd made a post on Facebook, I was like, didn't that just happen? But I keep forgetting it's per semester, not necessarily yes. per year. So yeah. that's why I was, I was, yeah, it just felt like, wait, we just did this. But I know that you're super excited because it is your favorite. Yeah, uh, last time, uh, I guess it was back in like September mm -hmm. uh, was when I did it. Yeah, but yeah, it's time, it's time again. Um, so a whole new group of kids and, um, tomorrow after they, they, my, their class has to give like a speech. That's what we've been working on this week. Okay. And, um, then at the end of class, I have like a little special thing on the agenda for, you know, preview of next week. And I'm going to show them the movie trailer 
And um, cool. So like yeah. now that you as you do it each semester, what is this like maybe your third or so semester doing it? Uh, no, I did it two semesters last year. So this is my fourth time teaching. Okay. So do you do you come up with different ideas each time on how you're going to present it to them or what activities you end up you guys end up doing or you just kind of do the same thing? No, um, I, I, I mix it up a little bit each time. Like last semester, we had a Gatsby party one day. Right. Um, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. I let them bring food and snacks, but then they also had to, they had to take on the role of a character from the book mm -hmm. and had to like find other characters. It was basically like a bingo type thing, you know, where they had to go find other people. You know, you had to find two people who knew a rumor about Gatsby. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I remember it, you talking about yeah, it on the so show. You had to move around talking to people and stuff. Um, I don't know if I'll do that again or not. Um, it would, it would, they had a, they had a blast. Um, but I think that was mainly cause, you know, they got to bring, you know, food and snacks. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'll do that again, but yeah, I always tweak it a little bit. Um, you know, honestly, the most fun I have, uh, is like that first day before we even start reading it, where I do like a, a huge overview of the 1920s, mm -hmm. Scott Fitzgerald and, give them all kind of lead in, you know, background information for the book. Right. Um, to have a blast doing that. Um, and then, uh, you know, just reading it. There's so many great points. I know it, it's, it's a fantastic book. I mean, when you, it when is. I finally got around to reading it and the movie, the one that has Leo DiCaprio and stuff in it and Tobey Maguire and what's her name. Um, I thought was done so well. I mean, so much so that they literally take chunks of the dialogue from the book oh, yeah. and put yeah. it in the movie almost verbatim. So well, and actually put the words on the screen. Yes. Yeah. Different times, which I love. So, um, so yeah, if you've not read it or if you've just haven't read it in a while, I would certainly suggest doing that again and seeing the movie. And there are people awesome. who hate the book, um, which is weird to me, but but yeah, there are people out there who say, oh, I, I didn't like any of the people. They're all terrible people. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I don't, I say that, but I, I actually love all the characters because I think they have so many facets to them. Well, and they're real. They feel exactly. like real people. So yep. if you don't like the people, well, then cool. That, that worked then because yeah. you don't like, you know, you don't like yep. all people. And yeah, I, I think that yeah. I, they feel very real to me. Even Tom, who's such an ass, he's one of my favorite villains of all time. I feel like I've known Tom. <laughs> I, I feel like, but I feel like I've known all these characters. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, they, you're right. They're very real people. And I think the kids react to it very well because, I mean, they love any kind of petty stuff. Right, right. Like, you know, running around and cheating with each other. And is it love or is it, you know, creepy stalker stuff? I mean, they love that. Right. You know? um, and and the, 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 at the, the, the end of the book, is, think that, hey, go ahead. I was just going to say the theme is very universal. So despite when it was written, it's still very relevant mm -hmm. today. So oh, yeah, I think with the, uh, just a couple of exceptions, I think it's still a very modern book. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things in it, you know, specifically like, um, you know, where he's referencing specific songs and things like that. Right, right, right. That's to be expected, but as exactly. a whole, yeah. Yeah, all the all the themes, the characters, all that's still very familiar. Right. Love to today. Yeah. So, but and that's yeah. a that's a testament to how good the book is if it still stands up today. So Yeah. Yeah, and I've read, you know, now I've read everything else except the only thing I haven't read by Fitzgerald was the 
the last tycoon which he you know died when he was working right on. i did see the series because it's on i believe amazon prime Mm-hmm. And I watched it because Matt Bomer is in it. I love Matt Bomer. But I did watch, I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, I, I've never, of course, read it, but I did right. watch um, the series. Yeah, and, you know, having read other things by him, he certainly has a lot of recurring themes. Um, and there, there are, like, individual moments in every book that are almost brilliant, but nothing, I mean, it's, it all comes together in Gatsby. Gatsby is the ultimate F. Scott Fitzgerald book. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's funny how you're like, you haven't seen, you haven't read that one. I just finished watching, or I'm in the process of watching because it's slowly being um, shown in the U.S. Um, Jane Austen's unfinished final book. Um, mm-hmm. I did read it uh, as well because I think I went through a period where I was like, I'm going to read all of Austen. Yeah. And so I did read it, but uh, yeah. It, the series so far has been okay, I guess. Okay. So yeah, I, I've been I'm doing also. a lot of stuff based on books right now. Is what I'm I'm watching. So mm-hmm. I'm reading uh, Great Expectations right now. Oh wow! Okay. I read it in high school. I recall it being my favorite Dickens novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just you know I just felt like rereading it. I had a copy sitting around, so um. I'm almost a hundred pages in. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I've I would it. not say that I'm a Dickens fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'm just not a huge Charles Dickens person, so I couldn't even tell you um, all the things that I read of, of his. I don't think I've really actually sat down and read a whole book just because I was not. Again, I'm. I wasn't very thrilled. <laughs> I know. I know. I've read um, A Tale of Two Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read like David Copperfield or I think I read Oliver Twist yeah I think I've read parts of Oliver Twist yeah and I try. I started Bleak House I've <laughs> seen I've seen two different versions of that on t- like the, the series on TV and that in itself mm-hmm. too was like yeah I'm not really really digging this I did yeah. watch them though <laughs> I got like 30 or 40 pages into Bleak House and I set it aside and never went back. Yeah, uh, there's a, ver- a version of Bleak House that stars um, Jillian Anderson, is it? The one from X-Files? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's in that. I did like, um, didn't he write, didn't he do Nicholas Nick- Nickleby? Yeah, he did. So I, I liked, I've seen the movie. I think I own the movie. And then I wasn't a huge fan of Dombey and Son. I've seen that too, as far as, you know, as a series. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just, I'm, I'm not, I'm clearly not a huge Dickens fan. I'll watch the stuff just because right. I feel like, okay, well, this this supposed to be good. <laughs> like if I'm going to spend my time watching television, wallowing mm-hmm. away, I should watch something of substance. And so I do consider it to be something of substance, but not really my cup of tea. Well, I mean, I like Victorian settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And his Victorian stuff feels like grittier. Yeah, it does. The other stuff that I would read that's Victorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so far, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Uh, I remember the storyline, you know, I mean, I could, I could have told you what the plot is, but still, um, 
I'm impressed this time much more with like his characterization and uh, what he he um, he in a just he has a real economy of words. Okay. He doesn't use a whole lot of words, but he you feel like okay, I understand this character. Um, or yeah, I can picture what this place looks like. Mm -hmm. So when I really stop and look at it, he didn't really use a whole lot of words. And I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Cause I know sometimes some people can just spend a, an eternity yeah. <laughs> explaining the, uh, the, the, you know, the environment, the people, and when it's like, mm -hmm. you don't really always have to do that. Another one of his that I've seen is little Dorrit. That one too. I was like, what the hell? So I'm the version I just that. saw, yeah, I saw, um, a while back now sometime last year it has the the um the girl who was in the crown for the first two seasons she's the main girl mm -hmm. in it and then for those who watch succession um um shiv's husband who actually i guess is from england it's always funny to me when it, english people take on american accents and i'm completely deceived by it uh anyway he's also in that um that series but i mean again it's uh, yeah like you said it's it's D dickens is grittier and i don't know if I, that's part of why i'm just kind of like eh, about yeah. it well and he also died while working on a book right he was working on the mystery of edwin drood and, okay uh, never and, even heard of that actually <laughs> yeah and i've never read it but i did read a book called drood that was written by dan simmons that's got uh dickens as a character in it Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it posits that Drood was an actual man that Dickens was writing a book about. Okay. You know, Drood murders Dickens. And, you know, that's the whole plot of the book. But, uh, and it was really good. I loved it. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And so I've always kind of thought about reading The Mystery of Edward Drood. But okay. I well, I mean, it's not like you, um, your, your shelf is empty or anything, your reading shelf, so. Yeah, and, and I started to say, you know, isn't it interesting that they all died while they were writing something, but, you know, most writers, I guess, probably die while they're writing. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if they're true authors or whatever, they're going to be working on something, <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, be the unfinished work of various. There you go, and I don't know how I really feel about that in general. As far as you know, what what ends up happening is that inevitably it gets published, and so they try to rework the manuscript so it ends well, or you know that it gives you a true ending. So yeah. it's like I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it loses the voice of the original author, like you know, I'm like but is this really what they intended kind of thing? So, well. Yeah. So uh, speaking of, you know, kind of masterpieces and stuff, I, uh, <laughs> I noticed that you, you know, wanted to talk about our show. Yes. Well, I should have brought it up when you were talking about Gatsby originally, but so I was thinking, and certainly as I, <laughs> this, so since I guess last season or this last season, maybe this season, I've not been listening back to the shows, which, right. you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I was there. So I, I know kind of like how yeah, my husband the, treats stuff. He's like, I've, I've, I've done the entire show ever since it began. Right. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, so I was thinking though, that it's a good thing that our show isn't like hugely popular or anything. Cause I would certainly hate for, um, someone, one of your kids at school, or even a teacher or something, to listen to some of the things that we do talk about and the the language that you use a lot 
Although I think there's been there's been one fuck previous to me just saying it, and that came from you. Oh, yeah, whatever. But I mean, you dro- you dropped a fuck five minutes into it talking about the damn dog. Don't, don't bring the, don't call the attention on me. We're not talking about me. It doesn't matter. I don't work in a field where it's that huge of a deal. Uh, but yours is different. You know, I'm like, oh, I wonder if some point he's going to like get called into the principal's office and then be like, um, this reflects badly on, you know, you as a, as a teacher and, you know, you need to like either stop it or, you know, remove the content or I don't know. I'm just waiting for the, the shoe to drop, I guess. Mm. Then you'll have to be all like proper and yeah. Yeah, because I thought you said something. Oh, no, it was on last week's description when you said that it was my, my filthiest exit line. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please? I don't think so. I thought it was. Arriva Dirty is not dirty. Okay, yeah, that's not dirty. Yeah. And, you know, look, oral sex, plenty of people have it. Right. Okay. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a pleasurable part of life. Okay. And for those who choose to engage in it. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Lentil. I didn't mean to bring up something painful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a fan of it, to be honest. So that's why I'm like, for those who are, you know, fans of it, I just yeah, I not I, giving or receiving? No, I neither. I'll I'll give. I don't. I don't want to receive. I've I've said it before though with you because you're so you know you hate anything icky. Yes. And sex is pretty icky. It right? is. Yeah. So I, I'm amazed that you have sex at all. I, mean, I don't really. <laughs> I mean, you know, who I'm married to. So no, I don't. Um, and then I will say. I mean, this is definitely TMI. Whenever, um, if if I am going to be giving. He needs to go wash it first, then come back into the room because I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, cause like in my head, I'm thinking about you probably peed recently. All you do is shake the thing and put it back in your pants. I'm not trying to, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm not a huge fan in general, but that's just me. So let's move away from the, the sure, sure, yeah. Because that could go in a whole different direction as well. Uh, I think another thing that I'd wanted to mention I, is that, I am a fan of giving and receiving. Well, isn't that nice? But I think it's I think it probably is my person. It suits my personality that I just don't want to mess with it if I if I don't have to. Yeah, I'm see, willing I'm like, to me, give, but yeah. it has to be under the right conditions. And I'm like, I'm like, let me all up in there. <laughs> What is that? I don't know. I'm going to lick it anyway. So, oh, Lord. So, yes, let us, <laughs> let us hope that this show stays relatively undiscovered. <laughs> so I was going to say that, all right, so my biggest vice has always been eating out. I don't like to I thought you I said you didn't give. Food. What are you talking about? I thought you said you didn't like oral sex. I don't. I'm not talking about oral sex right now. I've moved on. I'm just, I'm, I'm playing with you. You said your biggest vice was, you know, eating out. See, and my mind wasn't even in that space. See, I know, I know. So I have to text, text, uh, what is, what is your husband's fake name? And we don't have one for him. His can, his is what it is. But Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to text K, see if he's okay. Uh, He's fine. (laughs) He is fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. You eat out a lot. Yes. And uh, yes. so I will say I order out a lot. I don't. So again, since I don't generally like to go out, 
Uh, at least I don't like going out if it's just me. I don't want to go to a restaurant. It's just me. It kind of feels weird. I mean, I'll do it if I'm already out, but I don't like, you know, when I'm home working after I'm done, I'm like, oh, let me go out to blah, blah. No, I don't want to do that. Cause I feel like that's very, eating out is a very social thing. So if I'm going to go out there, I may as well be with someone. However, what I was getting at is that, you know, I do not cook. Yes. Um, I've always felt that the kitchen is just the a decorative part of the house. It's just there. Um, cause I don't use a stove. I mean, right. I will make myself at most, I will make some pastaroni. Um, I can fry some, you know, I can like scramble eggs, fry eggs, whatever, but I can go literally. How do you, how do you get groceries? Oh, um, so I ordered them online from Kroger. And then I go and pick it up and they put it in the car for me. Okay. But you actually go to pick. Okay. I was yeah, I will go and pick it up. Deliver them or. No, I've done that before. And the, the Kroger that I like to use, we're not in their delivery area. So it forces us to use a different one. And so some of the things I get from there, the other one doesn't have anyway. So I will order it. Uh, I will order it online, go and pick it up, but I don't have to get out the car. I mean, I just pull up into the, the parking spot, call the number, tell them who I am, and they come out and they load it into the car. Do so, you pump your own gas? Yes, I do. Unless Kay is with me and then he has to do it. Okay. I just can't see you pumping gas. I don't mind it, generally. Okay. All right. But I mean, I drive so infrequently that I don't have to do it very often, which reminds me, I'll likely have to come down to see you soon because while I was gone for the weekend and Kay was home he used my vehicle to get around to um different doctor's appointments he had so mm -hmm. now my my little indicator is like service so uh, so it's well, coming up soon yeah Draknara is supposed to come visit me the first week in March okay well it'll definitely be before then okay and then I was gonna say my spring break is the last weekend in March yeah, no, it, it'll be before then because, like, I know some people, so I know it's automatic, like, the car just kicks on once it hits 15% oil life, and, you know, I guess they call it, what, the dummy gauge because you don't actually see what's going on outside of that, but I'm really paranoid about that stuff, so I'm like, anytime it comes on, I usually immediately address it when it comes to the car stuff because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't like for that kind of stuff to wait additionally i still am under a service contract as far as getting the oil changes done and stuff so i'm like i may as well go ahead and get it done um especially since it's not going to cost me extra to do it and you know like i've said before i'm going to bring it down to milledgeville because i don't trust the people up here and i you know I've, I've i'm already of the mindset of when i whenever it is that i end up getting another vehicle i'll probably drive right back down to milledgeville <laughs> to, to get the vehicle mm -hmm. so you know if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. but as i was saying i i don't like to cook i just don't i don't find any pleasure in it i think it's funny considering most of the women in my my family are either like have been a professional cook in some capacity or they just enjoy cooking I would much rather be doing almost anything else than cooking mm. because I'm like, to me, cooking is literally like another job. Right. I've got to prep it. I've got to cook it. I've got to clean it up. I'm like, see, I ain't got time for all that mess. No. So what happens more often than not is that I'll order out. And so now, despite being where, where we live in the County in Newton County is not, um, it's outside the city limits and it's definitely out. It's, it's semi-rural for, I guess, for, 
for this area. So for the longest time, when we first moved in here, the only thing that delivered was Papa John's, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, okay, there's but only so much Papa John's you can have. Right. Well, now that we've got DoorDash and Grubhub and Postmates and all of them within the past, like maybe less than a month, their, their offerings has more than doubled <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of what restaurants you can order from. That, um, yeah, I, <laughs> what I, <laughs> I don't look per month deliberately at how much I spend on food. I mean, on the, the app I use as my reconciliation tool, my YNAB, I see the number as it, you know, balloons every month. And when I think I ran the numbers for last year, how much <laughs> was spent on eating out or ordering out, it was like, it it was it was shameful. I mean, mm-hmm. it was really really bad. But I can't seem to cur- like I can't change that. Like, I think I dislike cooking so much that I don't care how much it costs <laughs> to just end up you know to order out. And I mean you know to be honest, when you order from these these de- um, food delivery places. You're all, you're gonna likely pay almost twice as much you as you would oh, have yeah. gone there, because I mean yeah. even though the food might be the same cost, then then you've got to tack on the tax, the mm-hmm. fee that goes directly to the company, and then you've got to add delivery, um, you know yeah. your tip. So something that would cost maybe fifteen, eighteen, twenty dollars in the store is gonna, or if you went, is gonna cost you forty. Oh, I I, I the other day I had it, something delivered to the school for my lunch. And um, it was it was a double quarter pounder with cheese, <laughs> medium fry, right, mm-hmm. and medium Coke. And with the delivery and everything, it was like $23. Yep. <laughs> and, I'm like, and it was good, but I'm like, come on, no McDonald's hamburgers, $23. No, no, it's not. Well, and, and so, like, because I know that this has always been a thing for me, it's not something that's going to change. I have made it so that what I am doing is finally giving myself, like, a monthly allowance. And so I'm like, if that's, you know, for me to basically do that with, um, so, so I'm getting better about it. Like I'm not necessarily ordering out every single night, but what happens is that in the mornings or just throughout the day, I'm not really good about eating in general. So by the time the nighttime comes so like right now, I've literally not had anything to eat today. I've only had uh, a V8 drink and that's it. So once I'm done, there is no freaking way I'm getting in the kitchen. Like, I don't need to start my third job in the kitchen. So then, of course, I have to order something out. So I keep telling Kay he needs to just hit the lottery or something because then I don't have to deal with people or work. And I can, and it can be totally acceptable that I don't go in the kitchen to cook anything because I hate that I spend that much money on cooking out I I I probably spend enough that I could probably have a personal chef but um but yeah my mom has always you know said that my priorities are very screwed up considering how much I like to eat out and I mean I can't help it that's just you know it is what it is yeah Yeah, that's just me I mean I think we all have our our crosses to bear and this is one of them if you know it's it's put it this way it is a good month if i spend less than five hundred dollars on food so that yeah that sounds like a lot because it, it is a lot you, that's about how much you spend at bath and body works 
well, yeah, I mean, but that was an isolated thing, and mm. I don't plan on repeating that anytime soon. Okay. And I realized that, you know, I, my, I, I am very stressed out in my life, personally and professionally, and that these are just the, you know, these are just the things that happen as a result of me being stressed out. So I wish that I could be one of those people who are like, workout buffs or something that that's how I you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> deal with it but I'm not because in my mind too I'm like well workout people die of heart attacks as well yeah exactly <laughs> so, exactly. so I'm like there's no incentive for me to be like oh I'm gonna be even better about exercising I'll do my exercise but I'm not gonna be one of those types of people so yeah hmm. So well, we're already almost an hour in and have made it out of our first segment. I know. Um, I have not seen any movies this past week, really. But I am going to see Birds of Prey next weekend. Oh, okay. Um, I cannot did... fucking wait. Okay, uh, there you go with the F-bomb. I love okay. Margot Robbie. I uh, love her as Harley Quinn. Um, I yeah, I have no desire to watch it. Pictures I posted in uh, Usimi Darrow. Yeah, I did like one of them. Because I yeah. realize now that I guess that is just for posting pictures of hot women i don't know that's what it feels no, um, like it's just it's just what some people do um it just feels like it because when i do log into facebook and sometimes i mean i'll log in maybe once a day and so mm. on my wall it will that or on the feed oftentimes that's the first thing i see and i'm like it's always pictures well most of, hot most, of those, most of those are Derek, you know but yeah I'll occasionally share like some old Hollywood stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't mind it because I mean, yeah. I'm I'm secure enough in my sexuality that I'm like, yeah, a beautiful uh, woman is a beautiful woman. Period. Well, and when when I post pictures of ladies, like the, all, the pictures I posted of Margot Robbie are all from like her neck up. Right, they're very tasteful. She's not scantily clad. No, I mean, but they're beautiful. I just they are. Yeah, great mm -hmm. pictures of her. You know, made my heart go thump thump. Because <laughs> yeah, I did. I remember going in there and liking. Yeah, um, that post. So and, and somebody, it was funny on the the one that shows her eyes so well. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that they thought that was her superpower was her eyes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, they are very striking. Yes, yeah. they are. So, but, well, I will say so with Facebook since we kind of went over there. Have you tried the new beta for Facebook on online? I, I didn't know there was such a thing. There, there is a, there's a beta version of it that's out. And I, I assumed you would have gotten it because, you know, you use Facebook, whereas I don't really. And so they I'm, try, I'm trying it out. invites out or something? Huh? They sent like invites out? No, no. When you go and log in online, it, it like there was a pop-up or something to say, oh, you know, try out the, you know, new beta or whatever. I'm like, okay. Well, see, I stay logged into Facebook. Oh, okay. Need to but, log out and log back in? No, I mean, I no, I didn't have to log out and log back in. Um, oh. But I have been trying that out. It's, it's to me, it's slower. I mean, but I think that's just the way it is. It's just going to be slower at the right. at the onset. It's nicer. It does give you the option of going light or dark, so you can have a white background, which we're all used to, or you can go dark. In this particular case, I'm just going dark because you know it's uh, you'll, visually. You'll never go back. No, I definitely will go back. No, once you go black, you never go back. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I've been trying it out. It's been okay. I don't like 
Um, so for me, like up top, they put in basically the header portion, the short, the quick links are to like, you know, your profile and to groups and stuff like that. Well, I use pages more than I do groups. So I've got to drill down to get to pages rather than it, than it being one of the ones that you can, cause it doesn't let you customize the header. So mm -hmm. I'm like, it'd be nice if I could pick the things that I actually want to be upfront versus you guys putting stupid marketplace as one of the ones that's up there. Cause I don't use right. that. Yeah. So it's, it's been cool, but yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't gotten like an invite or had the option to switch over to the, mm -hmm. the new one. Hmm. Cause again, I, I'm not a power user by any means and you've been on Facebook longer than me. So maybe that's, that, maybe that's why, because it's slow. They don't want people who are power users using it yeah. until it's time. But, um, but yeah, I did want to ask you, you know, cause, and I sense there's like a story here, right? Um, okay. Because of your, your, your attempt to incredibly, you know, bypass this, uh, you know, I mentioned that I was going to see birds of prey. You said you didn't have any interest in it. And then you like jump onto Facebook rather than under movie update for you. It doesn't just have question marks. It doesn't just say none. <laughs> it has none all in caps. Right. Well, like, yes. You shouted at me. Well, <laughs> you did not see a movie and you're not going to see it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think it wasn't deliberate to be shouting at you. I think I just right. wanted to like get lost. Um, in the mix, but yeah, I, I've not seen, so on the flight, oh, I was going to tell you, I forgot to text you when I was, when I was actually, when I went to New Orleans, because on the flight going there, I actually watched Mike Wallace is, uh, is here. Oh, did you? I recommended that yeah, for you because ages of ago. your recommendation. And I'm like, you know, I like documentaries anyway, yeah. but it was one of the options and it was short enough that basically in a one hour flight or an hour and a half wasn't going to, to you know, impact. So I saw that, really enjoyed it. Um, again, yeah, I, I thought am it was a cool. nerd that loves to watch this kind of stuff. It was very, very good. And it was interesting to see when they're like, you know, he's the one that basically started the hard hitting questions. Yeah. Um, and then to see that he'd come from doing like radio and commercial stuff mm -hmm. and him falling into journalism. And, you know, so I mean, it was great. If you if if you're even mildly interested in that kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend watching it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I mean, to see the long list of people he's had the privilege of interviewing over the years, you know, yeah. I mean, he in interviewed a much younger Donald Trump. And when they did a clip of that i was like he seems so much more intelligent back then like i could buy his bullshit from that yeah. clip. this now it's like no no yeah so, there was a time when i didn't hate Donald exactly yeah i found him to be kind of an amusing little clown you know yeah i mean uh, never thought about him as presidential material but he was tolerable or, or evil yeah. Yeah, I just thought yeah. he was just, you know, he's just a dope, you know. Yeah, I thought that, you know, back in the 80s and stuff, he was just the rich guy, you know, yeah. but from New York, whatever. But, yeah, and then you realize who he really is, that he is the rich guy who may not actually be rich, but he's still posing as if he's rich, and he doesn't really give a shit about anything. Yeah, that's when it gets a little complicated. But, anyway, yeah. so he interviewed him as well, and, yeah, so I thought it was interesting at the end when they kind of just do the lineup of all these really huge people that he's interviewed over the years. Yeah. Um, what was it? He was saying the one interview he really um, 
really coveted was the what is it, the Ayatollah one that he oh did? yeah the Ayatollah yeah yeah mm-hmm. that one was like wow <laughs> um <laughs> seeing the behind the scenes of it where it's like you know they where it's like oh well we had to decide on the questions and then while he's in the interview he's like look I have to follow up the question <laughs> with a yeah. different one because you know this is where it's going but yeah I mean I've always liked Mike Wallace and putting it in context like contrasting him against like Walter Cronkite and that kind of stuff has been was interesting and then seeing people who came after him like even Dan Rather and you know it's like oh my god this is (laughs) and then the fact that the the I guess the news magazine type shows on TV all started as a result of um 60 Minutes Yep. And how at first 60 minutes, they were like, they didn't even know if it was going to be on long. And the fact that it is still on the air, <laughs> people yeah. are still watching 60 minutes, but that there was so many to roll off of that, you know, 2020 and, mm-hmm. and downs and stuff. And um, then they were talking about some of the other ones that I'm like, oh yeah, like current affairs and the ones that yes. I used to watch back yeah. in the day that I'm like, oh God, yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say they're the same caliber. <laughs> as no, yeah. 60 minutes. But I, I did, yeah. So thank you for that that um, recommendation because it did come in handy. So coming back, I started to watch a movie that I'd wanted to see in theaters. Cassie and I were, mm, she's going to be so mad. Gwen and I were going to see, uh, what is it, Blinded by the Light? You know, the one that's based on. Um, oh, yeah, the Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So I saw the first half of the movie on the way back. So I'm like, I do need to pick it up. I mean, it was really, it was good, actually. Uh, I just, I think right now it's, I haven't checked since I've gotten home, but before that I would have had to pay to see it. I'm like, nah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll look to see if it's hit the free stuff yet since I Was it as good as yesterday? I mean, I know it's a different kind of movie, but it, it came it out is a, after um, each other. It is a different kind of, yeah, it, it's not the same to me. Yesterday and that one aren't the same um, mm-hmm. type of movie. So this one felt a lot more about being a, being a Pakistani in England versus the other one where it was just about the music and that kind of thing. So it was nice that he was, you know, the premise of it, I guess, and again, I have not finished it, is that Bruce Springsteen and his music spoke to, and it's inspired by a true story, speaks to people who are not like him at all. You know, that right. even someone from Pakistan could relate to the music and get inspired by the music and feel like they're being, that that, that could be their life as well. Um, so it was good. I want to finish it, but, you know, I have other things that I'm doing and there's always time to to watch that so since then since arriving back home i have started another i think i finished a series no i started what is it sanditon um and then i started another uh series but it's like a it's just a two-parter that has michelle dockery who is from um downton abbey and then what is what is it something atwood or the the woman who's um who plays agent carter Oh yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. She's like in a shit ton Haley of stuff. Atwell? Yes, Haley that's Atwell? it. That's it. Um, she's been in so much stuff that I've seen. It's ridiculous because I started. I watched the series. Um, I think it was Criminal or something UK, and she's in one of the episodes. It's it's a, a lot. It's very similar to how Black Mirror is in that it's like a different cast. Well, a different um, 
perp <laughs> is in each one. It's the same, like, um, the same police or whatever mm-hmm. that's dealing with. But anyway, she, I've never not liked her in something. And I've seen her, like, I think that she's totally underrated because everything I've seen her in or most things I've seen her in, she is very different in each role. And yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, I like to look at her. Obviously, she's very pretty, but she is, she's a really outstanding actress. So I'm watching something right now that has her in it, and I'll probably finish because I watched the first part last night. That was an hour and a half, and then the second part is an hour and a half. So I'll watch that tonight and be done with it. But uh, so I'm still watching stuff. I just we've not gone to the movies just because there's been so many things going on and. And I mean, now that it's definitely like flu season and stuff, I'm, and you know, I don't want to go out there and die from coronavirus or something, especially Um, not, I'm not going to sacrifice myself to that nasty ass theater. (laughs) Um, And there hasn't been anything yet to be like, oh, I have to leave the house to go see this. So, yeah. Well, we're going to, Julie and I are, sorry, T'Challa and I are both very excited about seeing, um, uh, you know, Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Then he wants to see the Sonic movie the, the weekend after that. So the week oh, God. That, uh, of Valentine's <laughs> that, Day was it. Sonic would never make my list at all. Well, he and I, you know, we've that was one of the first things we ever bonded together on because he he likes the Sonic game. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, my brother played it. We played it back in the day. Yeah, and um, then he's but, read all, mm, all, all the comic books and stuff. Oh and my gosh! Play with the action figures and all this kind of stuff. So he's interested in seeing the movie and. I'm curious, you know. So yeah, we'll see that on the that weekend. Um, yes, well, see, I never even saw Suicide Squad the movie, so I was, and I mean, yeah. I've never been a huge Harley Quinn person in general, so there was no like, oh God, I got to see it. So you never saw Suicide Squad? Mm-mm, I didn't watch it. I'd heard originally that it was a crap movie, and because I wasn't like, um, oh, I want to see it anyway, I, there was the, no rush for me to. The plot is dumb as hell. <laughs> But yeah. what makes it entertaining is uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith mm-hmm. are great. And as a matter of fact, all the characters are great. Seeing them like talk to each other and walk around and crack jokes mm-hmm. is wonderful. Oh, okay. Odd is, I can't even get into it. It's <laughs> stupid. Well, and I mean, I but think I generally... The characters are awesome. I gravitate toward the Marvel stuff just because they put out better movies. So it's yeah. not to say that the the collateral that DC has isn't great. I mean, hell, Superman, um, uh, Wonder Woman, all of that, yes. But they've just, their execution on the movies have, have like, yeah, I've never been blown away by a DC movie. And I mean, I did enjoy Wonder Woman, but yeah. I still have not like, oh, Shazam God, was good that's too. Great. And I see, I, I never saw that. I would recommend you see Shazam. It's a very Marvel movie. Well, it is one that I know I can see for free, um, yeah. so I can I can watch that one. So, um, so I've been watching, you know, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Quite enjoying it. Last night I saw the best episode so far. Kay started watching it. Um, so, oh, good. I, yeah, he did. I was like, yeah, that's that's not a me thing. And I, you know, when he said he was watching, I'm like, oh yeah, Barry's watching that too. And yeah. that was that. <laughs> I'm almost. Matter of fact, I have like one episode left in season two, and then I'll be in season three, which is the last season they've made so far. Mm-hmm. I also am watching this thing called 911 Lone Star. Seriously. Like, okay, back so, that yeah. up. Last so what, week you said. Yes. And, it, and I, hey, 
So this oh my god! Came, yes, came Hulu, justify right? it now. Go ahead and justify. Oh no, I'm not going to justify. So okay. I'm, I'm going to see if it's as bad as the first time, right? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you this though, right? First five minutes of episode two, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? This is good. <laughs> right? There was something happening. It was like a, an interesting mystery. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, you got me. I'm sitting here, right? Mm-hmm. And then one character, literally, it's five minutes into it, right? And one of the characters says, hey. I think I know what happened. And they say, what? Right? And then they explain, you know, that everybody was poisoned by mercury. And then they, uh, and it was brought in on the, the catering thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all for catering. And the guy comes and they arrest him and he admits it. And this is all before the, the credits, right? I'm like, what? Because I was like, this is it's a, it's a great, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I'm like, all right, I'm here, right? And then I'm like, well, what are we doing for the episode? Right, for the rest of it, because this could have right? been the episode. Yeah, I would have been there for this, right? Right. The episode, they apparently think that I give a shit about these characters. <laughs> because well, the they're not the doing episode, a very good job then if you don't, but okay. No, the rest of the episode is like all this soap opera crap, you know, and I, I just, they're, they're all, oh, they're all horrible, right? <laughs> Um, so I watched the second one. I'm like, I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. So then yesterday I was sitting around. And I was like, what am I going to watch? Right. And I saw episode three. Oh I'm, Lord. I'm like, <sighs> like, I may as well not? have anything yeah. else to watch. That's okay. right. Why the fuck not? Right. Cause, <laughs> cause I love, I love Sabrina, but, um, Sabrina is like usually like an hour long show. And mm-hmm. it's one of those shows, you know, some shows you'll watch an hour and it's like, wow, I didn't, I didn't even feel like an hour. Right, because you watch an hour and it's good, but it feels and, like two. Exactly, yeah, because it's all it's rich in content and yeah, yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. dense. Right. right, all right. So that's the way Sabrina is. Because so I don't want to watch like two episodes of Sabrina because it feels like I've watched, you know, like binged it. Right, right. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch this now on one thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I I can't even. I don't even remember what the fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> Some guy gets stuck in a corn silo. Okay. And it's like quicksand, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right? And they can't just pull him out too fast because they'll pull him in half, right? And so hang on. Now they're recycling stuff, plots from the original 911 because they've done something very similar to that as far as not being able to pull someone out because of that. So okay. they're literally just taking plot lines from the, the, the um, what do you call it, flagship series. I, I guess so. <laughs> and, and, um, okay. But again, this is like the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the rest of the episode is all about Liv Tyler. Uh, her sister vanished years ago. She's trying to figure out what happened to her. Um, Rob Lowe, you know, he has cancer, but he hasn't told anybody, and he's afraid it's going to make his hair fall out. And he had a nightmare where he was bald. And okay. his son is gay. <laughs> it's interesting, too. Hey, I don't mind. You know I don't. But it is interesting. Three episodes, there have been two sex scenes. Wow. They're both with the gay son. Right? Okay. So it's like, I, there have not even, I think one man and one woman might have kissed on the lips, but we're getting to see like dudes like, you know, throwing each other around on the bed. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I will say, cause in the original series, there's not a lot of that. I, I'm assuming they just don't pay them enough for that crap. Cause I mean, the flagship series has Peter Krause, Angela Bassett, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I mean, so big name char- people. Yeah, she is. Yep. I used, there, there were a couple of reasons I used to love watching her. 
Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I think you stopped watching it before she joined the series. Okay. Because the only reason I was interested uh, yeah. in that one from the beginning at all was Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I love it. And I didn't feel like there was enough Angela Bassett, so I didn't go back. There's not. There are times where, does, but they do occasionally do like episodes that that she's heavier in. Mm-hmm. But I still, I still think you gave up on it too soon because some of the stuff you're saying about Lone Star is yeah. reminiscent of the original. But I think because of the way they write that one and the char- the people who are actually playing these characters, you're more interested in the soap opery stuff. Because okay. it's not quite so soap opery. <laughs> um, and again, well, I, I love the series. So, no, you know. Maybe I'll, I'll go yeah, on. Yeah, so the next time you're bored, rather than watching some crap episode of a, of a series that you shouldn't be watching anyway, just watch the original <laughs> and leave it at that. Um, leave it alone. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe Bryant died, right? And as a result... Planters has suspended their Mr. Peanut R&P, RIP campaign. That was a terrible segue. That was horrible. Well, there was I didn't no, like, try to segue. I just went right to it. Exactly. So, so I don't what, care about what the What bothers me about this? Oh, okay. no, the latter part's all I care about. Oh, my I, God. Look, look, it's a shame about Kobe. It's a shame, you know, complicated individual, blah, blah, blah. You're I, so horrible. But like, no, no, I, I think okay. the Planters' decision, it's like, to me, that almost trivializes the Kobe Bryant death. When Planters announced this, I'm like, what? It almost felt like Planters is like, hey, we can get some attention off this Kobe Bryant thing. Because oh, wow. Yeah, anybody in the new. world who would have been offended by this Mr. Peanut thing, which was already happening. And okay. What the hell? Mr. Peanut and Kobe Bryant. What the fuck? It's not like it's like, you know, they had some some basketball player has died as part of their PPR campaign. And it seems too reminiscent of Kobe, right? It's yeah. Just, I don't think that Kobe was ever a spokesperson for Mr. Peanut or anything. No, like that. this is Mr. Peanut. It's like, what? They, I think they were just using that as an excuse because they know the original idea was dumb as fuck. Sorry. Well, they, they, <laughs> so, still say they still say they're going to do whatever it is they're planning to do. During yeah, the- but it's suspended. So it gives, it buys them time to make this, make it more real and whatever. Cause I still think it's stupid makes no sense yeah so let's go back to what i thought was important so for me the whole passing of kobe bryant it's one of those things i'm it's it's so like when princess diana passed away i remember where i was that kind of thing and that's going to be the case with this as well Really? i generally stay away from new stuff it's just i'm like i don't need I didn't, that i didn't know you stress. had this well, no. So, I mean, it's not like I was in love with like Princess Diana, but I'm just saying in terms of its impact th- that they were both very public people who, who were killed or, you know, who died in their prime. Like they had still had so much more to give of themselves. I mean, hell, he just recently retired like three years ago or something. So I, we were checking into the second hotel at, uh, in New Orleans and all I saw at the time was they had a TV on and on the scroll, they just said something about, you know, oh, um, nine died in Calabasas helicopter crash. I'm like, okay. At that point, I don't think they even really knew all the details. And so I never even saw that who it was. Well, once we check in, we get settled in and we go out to eat. I think my mom was looking at um, Facebook and 
that's when she, so I don't know how she always manages to know before me with this kind of stuff but she said Kobe Bryant died and I said well duh, what so I immediately hop on to, to Facebook because you know when anything happens Facebook people are just posting about it all over the place but I felt like I mean it felt like a heaviness because I'm not a huge basketball person but I appreciate sports and so I know of like the big sports people in certain in certain sports even if I don't watch it all the time well Kobe was my age you know I mean he was born in 78 I was born in 80 and I remember when he went into the to the NBA for the first time back in the you know the mid 90s and so it just it felt no matter what you may think of him as a person and some of the things that he's done, I mean, and this can be said for anyone, to be honest, but it's when, it's one of those things where you feel like someone who was really important in that field or whatever, when they're gone and they're, they're gone too soon, it's, it, I mean, I was depressed kind of the rest of the day. I mean, it felt very heavy to me. And then finding out, of course, that his daughter was with him. I mean, I, I was depressed, like, seriously depressed for two solid days just the thought of of what had happened the fact that his his child died with him he's leaving behind three others the oldest daughter had just turned 17 the week before the younger children three years old and the one that was born in like june of 2019 you know i mean all of that it was just it was just very sad because it was like yes he he did all the stuff on the court um he had a stellar career. He was, I think, what, with the Lakers his entire career, like 20 mm -hmm. years. Yep. And for him to, you know, be, and, you know, he's now, he, he was doing all this stuff off the court. You know, I mean, he was still in basketball. But for him to just be gone, to be snuffed out, it just seems so very odd to me. Um. It was just sad. It really was. So, I mean, again, it's just one of those things where I'm just going to remember where I was. Um, when we're coming back on Monday, when we, we grab something to eat while we're in the airport. So there was like a Chili's within the airport. And of course, you know, that's, that was what was saturating the news <laughs> during that time. And I had to, I reached a point where I couldn't even look at it without getting emotional. And so I, I watched something else on my iPad or whatever, but it was just, it was, it's just really sad. Um, and I'm, there was moments initially where I'm like, I almost felt like I was angry at, you know, if God exists, God. And I'm like, you know, why couldn't you take someone who d wasn't doing or didn't do anything to really contribute to society as a whole, rather than someone who was important and, and who has given you know, shared his talent with the world and was doing other stuff. And then to add his daughter in the mix and his daughter's friends and other people who were on the, I'm like, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. So, so I think that was far more important than the Mr. Peanut thing. I don't. Well, and uh, speaking of, you know, this, no, uh, thinking about your own mortality, mm -hmm. um, uh, Picard uh, mm -hmm. debuted in Star Trek and, um, I figured you would hate that that segue too. No, I thought it was a better segue than just starting with "Oh, Kobe Bryant died," and then by the way, Mr. Peanut, and then did you know drill down into Mr. Peanut? No, this one that was a better one. Yeah. 
So uh, the first episode, excellent. I've started watching the second episode. Which How I, do you start uh, watching an episode? Do you, do you uh, just... Well, I had to get on this goddamn <laughs> podcast. Oh, well, you were the stupid one to start it before the podcast then. Why would you do that? Because I wanted to see the beginning of the show. Oh I don't know how long these things are going to run. Some days you don't let me off till 8 or 8.30. Whatever. I've okay. already watched 20 minutes. Maybe I'll be able to watch the last 40. So how now that you're in the second episode, yeah. is it still just as engaging, just as good? Yeah, um, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's... Um, I mean, the benefits of Picard, there's a lot of, con, you know, like, there's a lot to him. I mean, hell, yeah. they had the whole next generation. There's stuff to pull from, the movies, the, you know. So him as yeah. a character, he's very, I mean, he is iconic. Um, I do want to see it, but like I said, I don't have CBS All Access, um, despite, you know, paying for seemingly everything else. So I, I'm going to have to watch it online. And and it's just like even with what I'm watching right now, I could watch it online through the site that I use, but I don't like watching stuff on my computer or on my iPad if I can avoid it. When I'm done at the end of the day, I want to go in front of my TV at home or, you know, in my room. But I also don't want to have to, like, in this case with Picard or, or whatever, I would have to then hook up my, my iPad or, or even my laptop to the, to the um, TV and, you know, it doesn't give you the benefit of being able to quickly or easily pause something or do whatever. So, right. <sighs> yes. But I do want to see it. And you, so you're saying it's definitely still worth watching. Yeah, it's very good. Um, there's, you know, it's a little sad seeing him so old. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, and part of it's the way the character's being written, too. But he seems frail. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I have seen clips and stuff, and yeah, you are you are correct, yeah, it, it yeah. is sad. And um, there are aspects of the plot that I would like to see, and I don't know why it's so hard. You know what? It's not that hard because um, the Orville does it. Okay. Uh, I hate that Star Trek continues to go down this route of, you know, making their utopian future so much less utopian <laughs> and you know but i think but it's okay occasionally to have like an evil admiral or something right but to me and i have this problem with deep space nine I, I don't like the idea of section 31 existing within starfleet the fact that there would be an entire organization that has existed for years that subverts what the federation should stand for and the whole premise of this is that, you know, basically this terrible disaster happened and the Federation said, we don't need any more of these refugees coming across our border and they closed their borders. And that's when Picard resigned because he said the Federation was no longer being the Federation. Mm -hmm. And I know it's meant to mirror our current politics but I've always looked at Star Trek as trying to show us that, yes, things aren't perfect in the future, but they're so much better. And that we can, uh, we can eventually move past a lot of our differences and be fundamentally a good society. And the, the way it feels on this and on a lot of recent tracks is that the people who are really, really good are starting to seem like the minority as opposed to being the majority. 
Well, I think that they're, they're doing that maybe just to be more reflective of how, what's going on in the world today. And that's what I'm saying. Um, I, that I know, like yeah. But because that's not what Gene Roddenberry created it to be. Right, right. No, and I understand that. I mean, I guess you will at some point understand that too when your characters that you sold off um, maybe go in a different direction that you had not intended them to go. Right, yeah. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned this now because I just watched yesterday i watched the last the most recent episode of the good place and that ties into that as well i mean i'm not going to get ruin it for you because i you're still watching it aren't you i mean i know i can't i can't watch season four until it comes on hulu i've watched season one two three right so um I won't Not ruin Hulu. that. I'm sorry, for you. on Netflix. I have to wait for the oh, whole yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't ruin that for you. Although you you can watch stuff. I have that website I can share with you that is, you know, you just watch stuff that's out. Um, if you can't wait for it to get on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. But I will say that I think having watched the Good Place episode yesterday mm. makes me consider what you were saying as far as why is why are the good people in the minority and that kind of thing and why are these things happening yeah it may it makes it make sense to me though like for me to be more accepting of why so yeah. you need to hurry up and watch good, the good place but but i think that to put it on. well but i think that <laughs> in truth there is no utopia because there's always going to be some element kind of the whole you know the whole god thing where it's like oh well you you know people have free will so they're always going to fuck it up or something or find some way to fuck it up i think that because there is the human element to it there is no way regardless of how people are born or raised that everyone on earth will be accepting of others None. I mean, I don't, you know, I know the whole nurture versus nature thing and all that. I don't think that there's ever going to be a period where everyone is kumbaya <laughs> and that there are going to be people who, you know, th- there's always going to be strife in some way. I'm sorry. That's just, you know, that's just what it is. But I know that you like to see that, oh, this could be possible. But I think that part of it is in understanding that or inserting the real aspects of it that sure on the surface we could be this great you know great society and everyone accepts people for who they are you know because i think there's certainly a difference between being tolerant and accepting um but yeah i mean i think that the way you describe it though it's it's just it's real you know there is no perfection because people are involved (laughs) so i don't know I don't know if that's just me being jaded about everything, but um, I, I do like for my utopia to have a, a you know some reality baked in there. You're all quiet and stuff. You still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a utopia then. Because there is none. That's I, just I, it. There cannot that's the be. Point. The point. The point. The thing that makes Star Trek special is the fact that it is a hopeful future right and it's cool to be hopeful it's easy to be dystopian that's why you see mostly dystopian stuff it's hard to be utopian it's right and you're seeing and you're watching that real struggle but that's the thing (laughs) the thing about star trek is that we are supposed to aspire to being better than we actually are 
I it's, still feel that from Star it's Trek. To give us something to aspire to. But what you just said is exactly the way they've been treating Trek for the past 15, 20 years. Yeah, on the surface, it looks good, but underneath, it's still bad. And right. that's telling me that that utopian future is fake. And it's not fake. It's, there was nothing about... The thing that made the original series so popular and resonate with so many people was it the fact that it was realistic? Because it was airing at a time when blacks and whites were almost at war. Mm -hmm. But there was a black woman sitting right on the bridge. Right. Asian person and a Russian person and an alien. And they all respected each other and all got along. And we didn't have to see, you know, one of them, uh, you know, damn Russians. Right. Oh, well, yeah. That's but you're just you said really it right don't. there. You didn't have to see it. You only because got to it see didn't, the veneer. It wasn't there. No, no. You assume it wasn't there. It you wasn't got to see there. the veneer of. Okay. You can't tell me that the original series was harboring all this dark stuff. No, I'm not saying it was harboring. It I think that one could say that it was just overlooking all of that stuff, and it's, it was not realistic in that sense. Yes, you can respect others. But anyway, uh, but I it's get it. Easy. I get that what you expect to get out of Star Trek is completely different from what is actually happening. It's easy to be dark. It's easy to focus on the, the worst of humanity. That is easy. We see it every day. I would challenge the creators of these shows to show me something I don't have to look out the damn window to see. So you really want the escapism? you don't want i want i want to see a future where humanity still exists and has overcome all the things that bother us today but see then people would argue if, that that's not a realistic just, portrayal of what life could it's not be because it's never to be realistic <laughs> it's not supposed to be realistic okay it's supposed to be inspirational i still think it's inspirational Look, and it's like when I see Picard doing the things, he, when Picard is doing his stuff on these two episodes so far that I've seen, he's doing the things I feel like Starfleet should do, mm -hmm. right? But I just hate the fact that he's on the run, that he's alone with like a, a ragtag group of people who think that this is right, as opposed to being part of a larger organization <laughs> that believes this is right. You know what I mean? They've Picard lost their way. The <laughs> yes. Yes. They've lost their way and they should not have. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't need to see a series about the Federation being run by Trump type people and putting up damn galactic barriers to keep out the immigrants. I think it's their, their way of saying that a, about. that a utopia can often become a dictatorship. But that's not Star Trek. <laughs> look, look, this is what Star Trek used to do. The Starfleet and the Federation were the good guys. Right. We would meet another civilization who would have a Trumpian leader who was turning their back on different people. And then mm -hmm. guys would show them that wasn't the thing to do. Okay. Our guys would inspire them. Right. 
Instead, our guys are the bad guys. <laughs> I guess. But I mean, I think that there's more that the writers can do when there's some sense of strife or something in there. Yeah, that... there should be conflict. Yeah, but how let do you the, write that everything is, is rainbow? The other side. <laughs> you can't consistently fine. write that everything is rainbows and it still be an of engaging series. But look, <laughs> but look, if if Picard was still on a ship, right, mm -hmm. and there was a member, or even hell, four members of the crew <laughs> who were opposed to doing the right thing, right, mm -hmm. who were xenophobic and racist, right. Mm -hmm. There's your strife. But by the end of the episode or the storyline, you know what would have happened to them? They Everybody would be kumbayaing together. They would either have seen the error of their ways or Picard would have sent their asses to prison. Right. <laughs> Instead, it feels like the majority of Starfleet is lost its way. And it's down to like our old 80-year-old captain. <laughs> still doing the right thing i think there's almost something poetic about that whole thing that you just said it makes it look like starfleet is falling to pieces i see my country and my government falling to pieces you don't want to see it on star trek <laughs> no star trek is supposed to show me that you know what no matter how bad it is there's hope for humanity. Right. And instead, it's showing yeah. you that no it's matter how me bad it is. It's showing me that in the far future, we're still going to be just as fucked up. Because, I mean, that is the truth of it. But I don't want the truth. <laughs> I want Star Trek. <laughs> oh, you not see this. Oh, my God. Okay. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Look. On Cheer, right? You remember the show Cheer? Yes. Jerry, that guy, Jerry, right? Which, yes, yeah. He should be what Starfleet is, okay? Instead, mm -hmm. I feel like Starfleet is all that guy who had like the attitude. What was his name? Um, Ladarius. Ladarius, right? Yeah. Still, it's, you know, amazing to watch, right? Impressive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes does something nice, but also sometimes it does an absolute asshole thing. <laughs> yes. Starfleet is Jerry. Jerry sometimes gets a little down, right? Sometimes bad things happen to Jerry. Sometimes they tell him, oh, you're going to be on the mat. Uh, no, you're not. Right? But Jerry maintains his Jerryness. Yeah, but Starfleet is a organization of many people versus yes, it yes. being one many person. Many good people. So, oh my. <laughs> many good people. That's what's wonderful about Starfleet. I, so, I guess maybe it's just, Jerry. I don't watch Star Trek just for the purposes of it being a bit of fantasy, you know? It's, it's, um, I, I, so I, I don't, don't inspire me. It's it, but it's still inspiring. It's, a, it's, oh, it's not. Life sucks, but there's always going to pe be people who really want for it to be better. That's my, you know. But it feels like lane. now the people who want it to be better are the minority. And, and that happens. Was they were the majority. It happens. It's just, the, it, I think it's a more realistic portrayal, but I get it. I, I get that that is not what you watch Star Trek for. You want... The rainbow and candy and all that nice no you're making it see, see you're 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 
I'm not trivializing it. No, no, you are. You're patronizing me, right? Mm -hmm. By saying, Mm -hmm. I want it to be completely everybody singing kumbaya. That's right. And I'm saying, no, I'm all for conflict. I'm all for that, right? Yeah, but but at the end of the hour or whatever, you want it to be resolved. (laughs) Now, at the end of the storyline, do I want the principles of tolerance, friendship, and hope to be victorious? Yes. Because there's, there are so many shows I can watch to see that humanity sucks. That's not what Star Trek's supposed to be. That's the difference. And I still feel like it is the difference because they show you that it it can be better. It looks now so much like so many other things. And I tried to segue you into your talk. Uh, you did, yes, and I appreciate that. So speaking of Jerry and Cheer, um, I did see, if you follow the link, Barry, actually, the Twitter post yeah. of him doing the Matt talk is hilarious. So, so of course, Cheer is still on everybody's um, minds. It is, it is the phenomenon that is the current phenomenon. And so on my entertainment sites that I, or site that I use, they, they have been continuing to post different things about the cast members of cheer, mainly Jerry, because Jerry is the epitome of cheer. Um, You can't, you can't not find hope when there's Jerry, you know, you see, you find out about his background, all that stuff. And the fact that he is still able to push through and persevere and to, uh, I guess to to also lend support to others, despite the fact that you're like you know he needs support, um, says a lot. So yeah, I I did see that he is um, the the headline or the the title was Cheers Jerry Harris is here to Matt talk you through your day at work, and so um, it was on Twitter and I thought it was pretty awesome. So uh, I will consider putting it on our, <laughs> our Facebook or social media. I've been so terrible about posting anything. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that, that um, I, when, I wa- when I watched it, I actually did feel a bit better, <laughs> him doing the Matt talk. So did you watch it? Yeah, um, some, oh, okay. somebody I uh, work with actually had tagged me in it. Uh, okay. So I had already seen it. Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was, it was uplifting to see that today. So. Yeah. It's um, nice to have things that are uplifting. Oh, geez. Okay. So um, I was going to end today. We don't have to get into this long ass conversation about it. You know, recently <laughs> Harry and Meghan, so Prince Harry, specifically Meghan Markle, um, they are earlier this month, decided to publicly say, and I guess they did it publicly before even finishing their conversation with the queen, that they were going to step back from senior royal duties. Um, I, I don't know what your opinion is of it. I'm not saying I don't care, but I don't think that this is a surprise. Um, yeah. Stuff that I've seen about Harry or just, you know, I've watched over the years, read over the years. I think that he had the hardest time dealing with his mother's passing. Um, you know, William had the benefit of having her around a bit longer in terms of he was slightly older. Right. But I don't think, I think Harry, it's been very clear that he's been uncomfortable in the, the royal role, um, more specifically, the more buttoned up side of it. 
Mm -hmm. um i do think that him him marrying megan has brought a bit of fresh air (laughs) to the royals um i saw something recently that said that you know there is the concern that they outshine william and kate Mm -hmm. um but i think when i think of william and kate i think about the old regime and i do think of harry and megan as more of a uh, modern royal couple so they no longer i guess with that decision to step down you know they no longer get to use the hrh um so his and her royal highness they're still you know the uh, duke and duchess of whatever it is that they got but um and he's always going to be prince harry of course but i i i mean i kind of commend them and being able to just walk away because it's not easy to do um i know that you know they said also that they want to basically pay back the money that was used to renovate um one i guess their primary residence in england Mm-hmm. But I I think this is a very modern way of looking at the monarchy. I've always felt like the monarchy is very much um, I I I see its place, but then again, I'm not English. <laughs> I know it's much different from from the inside than it is on the outside. I think right. that if I think that the maybe part of the reason why it's been around as long as it has continued is that the queen has lived so long. <laughs> she yeah. is you know she is essentially an institution at this point so i'm very curious about what happens when she ultimately passes away because i've never really thought like given how long she's lived i keep forgetting that oh yeah charles is supposed to be next you know i always i just think oh her and then william and i'm like oh yeah no there is another child there um but i i i I will say that I applaud William, I mean, Harry and Meghan for doing it on their own terms. And the fact that they're not just saying, oh, we don't want to be royals, whatever, and that they're able to... want to be royals. <laughs> that they're able to do it the way they want. They're still doing charities and all that kind of stuff, but without the the weight of the pomp and circumstance and the formality of being a senior royal member you know so so yeah yeah no no other comments than i guess on that i don't guess so i mean i haven't been too uh too engaged in it i mean i've read like some of the articles and stuff Mm -hmm. i mean it's it feels like the um you know the queen and everybody are i don't know it it seems like they've kind of come down kind of hard on them just yeah to me, it's not that big a deal to say they want us to kind of make their own way, you know? Well, again, I mean, I saw a documentary where, thing, you know? where they talked about how, you know, Harry, e- even as a child, was referred to as the spare. You yeah. know, he was always number two. And right. it's like, you know, how do you live your life knowing that you're really just the backup plan? You yeah. know? So I like that he's basically striking out on his own and it's like look it's kind of like and i mean i know that there's been talk about him you know him and his brother not really getting along recently or whatever but it's like dude william you got it you you already know what you're supposed to do allow me to have the freedom to do what i want to do you know so so yeah i mean because it's not like it was back in back in the day you know if something happens um to 
arguably if something happens to William, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a constitutional monarchy, so it's it doesn't really change <laughs> how the country is yeah. run. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's yeah, Harry, do, you do you, and yeah. Meghan too. Well, I think there's only one way to properly end the episode tonight, and that is to live long and prosper. Motherfucker! <laughs>